Welcome to the Solo Women Travel Tribe podcast, where life coach and solo travel expert, Zena, teaches you how to feel confident, empowered, and prepared to take on any solo travel experience. Here is your host, who is not afraid to say it like it is, Zena Jones. Hello, 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 my friends. I am super happy to be here with you all today. Such a beautiful day. I hope it is a beautiful day wherever you are. The sun is out and I'm feeling good. So I'm excited to do this podcast. So let's dive in. Before we talk about toxic positivity versus positive reframing, I want to shout out one of my old clients who messaged me this earlier today. She said, I was going to message you yesterday asking for advice and then I journal prompted myself with, what would Zena say? It was very helpful. Imaginary Zena kicked my ass. <laughs> I love that. And I just want to say I've done a similar thing with a couple of my coaches and mentors as well. And it has been incredibly helpful. So I want to offer it to you as well. If this podcast is something that has been incredibly helpful to you, then you too could say, okay, what might Zena say? Right? If you have another you know, podcast or a mentor or a coach or somebody else that you love and you admire, then you could do the same thing. Insert their name. What would they say? How would they handle this? What would they do? What might they think? (laughs) It might just kick your ass too. So I love that. Okay. During this episode today, I am going to use the words feelings and emotions interchangeably. Okay. However, I mean the same thing. A feeling is an emotion, but I will use both words. So first of all, toxic positivity. We are going to start there. Toxic positivity, or I think it's also referred to as positive toxicity, I believe. It is the assumption that you should be positive all the time, even in difficult situations. And it is also trying to push others towards that too. So here's what it can often sound like. You'll get over it. Just be positive. Look at everything you have. You should be happy. Or other people have it worse. That is often what it will sound like. Now, toxic positivity does not allow room for feeling our negative feelings. Right? And... It encourages us to judge ourselves for feeling the way we are feeling and try to force ourselves into being positive without actually acknowledging and processing our true negative emotions. So this approach is very damaging because it doesn't allow us room to genuinely feel bad. And it further reinforces the lie that we shouldn't feel bad or we shouldn't have negative emotions, that we should be happy all the time. That is a lie. And it can create feelings of guilt or shame when we judge ourselves for having negative emotions. And the thing is, it doesn't actually acknowledge the reality of our lives being 50-50, right? Being a human means half the time we feel positive, wonderful, great emotions, and half the time we feel negative, not so great emotions. That's true for all of us. 
When I first discovered the world of personal development and self-help, I thought the goal was to be positive all the time. And if I wasn't positive all the time, I was doing it wrong. (laughs) I thought if I could do that, if I could just be positive all the time, then I would be happy 24 seven. I would be happy all of the time. And I thought that that was the point. That was the goal. So that was exactly how I started out. (laughs) The trouble is that that doesn't allow room for life to happen. Right. And it encourages us as well to play small. Right. So not to put ourselves out there, because if we do put ourselves out there, then we risk the possibility of experiencing negative emotions. Right. So let me give you some examples of this. I think one of the most obvious ones is when somebody you love and care about dies. Right. Let's say that's your mom. Right. If your mom is to pass away, if she is to die, then you don't want to feel happy and positive about that. You want to experience grief and sadness and all the emotions that go with that. You don't want to try and stick positive slogans over top of it. Right. I think one of the worst ones and, you know, I have said this to people in the past, but I've thought a lot about it since is like they're in a better place now. Really? (laughs) That's not what I want to (laughs) hear. Anyway, I think that that's such a great example of one of the reasons why we don't want to be happy and positive all the time, because things in life will happen that we want to feel bad about, sad about, unhappy about, negatively about. That will happen. Right? Also, you know, here's another example. If you apply for a promotion at work, And perhaps it would be your dream job and you don't get it. It's natural to feel disappointed. It is normal to feel disappointed. There's nothing wrong with you if you feel that way. You should feel that way. (laughs) Right? Another example might be if your partner breaks up with you. You would want to feel upset. Perhaps you'd want to be pissed off and angry. Right? You wouldn't want to feel positively and wonderfully about that. And you wouldn't want to try and slap that over it. It's much like trying to put like a band-aid on a broken arm. No. <laughs> and if we're supposed to be positive all the time, then we would just never go after our dreams because we risk feeling so many negative emotions when we do. Right? We risk experiencing disappointment and failure and, you know, all sorts of different emotions, rejection, right? Embarrassment, humiliation, right? We risk feeling all of that when we do go after our dreams. The goal in life is not to be happy all the time. It is not to be positive all of the time. And as long as you have a human brain, my friend, it is physically impossible. So let's talk about what a positive reframe looks like. So I'm going to give you a story. (laughs) Yesterday I went for a float. So if you have ever experienced a float tank, the idea is trying to think, I'm probably going to botch this. I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs, but there's a lot of really good, there's a lot of research that suggests that it's very, very good for your health. And I think they have, is it, what is the salt? Magnesium? Epsom? 
I don't know. They have salts in there anyway. And what happens is with all of the salt in this flotation tank is you end up floating because there's so much salt in there and you lose all of your senses. So you shut the lid on this float tank and, you know, it is dark. It is room, uh, sorry, body temperature, water. And the whole idea is that you lose all of your senses. You don't know where your body starts and ends. And there's all of these different, different healing properties and benefits. And it's also really good for your mind because you are trying to sort of switch off your mind and get into a meditative state, all the things. Now, I, I highly recommend it. I, I don't think I've done a great job at explaining it. But anyway, <laughs> it's not the point of the story. So I was in a float tank yesterday and I was in there for a 45 minute float and my brain would not switch off. Now, I have challenges with meditating at the best of times. However, my brain was extra loud and yappy yesterday. Had a lot to say. <laughs> I tried practicing like, you know, put the thoughts in the in a river in front of you and let them float away. And that shit was not floating. <laughs> Tell you what, it was very noisy in my brain. So anyway, that was happening and I was getting a bit frustrated and I was kind of restless. And at one stage, I felt like I had like beads of sweat or something on my forehead. So I actually lifted up my arms out of the water and I rubbed my forehead and what I didn't realize is that in doing that, I was putting the salt water across my forehead and it ran into my eyes. So then my face and my eyes began to sting because I also have some psoriasis on my, my forehead. And that means like kind of cracked raw skin at, at times. And so with all the salt water, what happens is if you get it in any cuts and grazes and they actually give you... Um, some like gel to put on over any cuts and grazes so this doesn't happen but it starts to sting so my eyes are stinging and my forehead is stinging and I'm in this like pitch black dark float tank like oh shit what, what do I do what do I do and I knew there was a spray bottle of water hanging on one of the like sides and so I like scrambled around and I got it and I sprayed the proper the fresh water on my face and kind of moved you know the stuff out of my eyes and eventually it started to hurt a lot less and I lay back down and I took a few breaths and I started to acknowledge you know what I'm feeling super restless and I'm really not enjoying this as much as I thought I would as much as I have previously and I just decided that that's not a problem right I just let that be okay and then I, I started to say to myself, you know what? I'm probably going to be laughing about this later. I had no idea I'd share it with you all on the podcast, but here we are, right? <laughs> and I also said to myself, you know what? I'm really fucking grateful that I no longer have to work a regular typical nine to five job where it's quite difficult to take an afternoon off to do things like this. You know what? I have a pretty awesome lifestyle and I'm just lying in this float tank and I'm just kind of laughing at myself and smiling. <laughs> Now, what I demonstrate to you in this story is like I was acknowledging the truth of how I felt of what was really going on for me. And I was able to reframe my experience in a way that felt genuinely good, not forced or fake. I remember the first date I went on after being single for over 10 years and it ended in the most awkward and uncomfortable way. I quite literally ran away from him. <laughs> Needless to say, there was no second date. But anyway, 
What happened was after that, I felt so afraid of doing it again. I felt so anxious at the idea of not being able to control the whole thing. Like I wanted to know ahead of time what would happen, like what would we talk about, like where would we walk to and, you know, how would we start the date and how would we end the date? Like I wanted to know all of that so that I could rehearse it in my brain and have all of my answers ready. And of course, that's just not possible, right? And I remember saying to myself, you know what, that was really fucking scary and that was really hard and I'm so proud of you for doing it. You just did something that you haven't done in over 10 years. You just did something that is so far outside of your comfort zone and you didn't die. If you can do this, what else can you do? Now, I didn't stop feeling scared or anxious, but I also reframed the experience in such a way that I was willing to do it again. That is powerful. The positive reframe is acknowledging what's true, what's going on for you and exploring what else you know to be true through a more encouraging and supportive lens. So I am currently reading a book called The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan. I highly recommend it. I'm only halfway through right? And I'm already obsessed. (laughs) And I love the way he explains when we get into the gap versus being in the gain. In the gap, we are solely focused on the negative, on what didn't go well, on what isn't working, on how far we still have to go, on how far away we are from where we want to be, on what we don't have. And when we're in the gap, we stay stuck. In that place. In the gain, we are focused on what did go well. What can we learn? How can we move forward? How far have we actually come? What do we have? When you are in the gap, you are desperately trying to get there because you are trying to escape being here. That is a direct quote from the book and I could do an entire podcast on lessons and concepts from this book, which I think will probably end up happening. (laughs) Many of my clients have started to learn some of them already, which is super fun. However, I really love the way he talks about positively reframing our day-to-day experiences. So one of the core ways he does this is by measuring how far you have come instead of how far you still have to go. So for example, one of my clients is currently working to lose 70 pounds and she has lost 33 pounds. Now when she thinks about how far she still has to go, she feels more negative emotions. She's like, wow, that's still so long. It's going to take ages. It's so far away. All of that. And when she thinks about how far she has come in this past year and how much she has lost and how many clothing sizes she's gone down, she feels positive. She feels so much more encouraged to keep going. This is a positive reframe. Measuring our progress backwards 
towards the start line instead of based on how far away the finish line is. My friends, we are allowed to and we should feel negative emotions and we have coaching tools to help us through these. What we shouldn't do is make ourselves or anyone else bad or wrong for feeling negatively. We don't want to undermine ourselves or others for the way that we feel. And when the time is right, we can begin positively reframing our experiences to help us move forward, to help us feel better, to help us go in the direction we want to go. So much of the work that I do with my clients is in helping them create the safety within themselves to feel and allow negative emotions so they can do the things they want to do, like ask for a promotion or a raise or tell their friends and family that they're changing careers or take a risk on a business idea or travel the globe solo or start dating after being single for 10 years. That is uncomfortable. That can be very hard. However, if there is nothing you aren't willing to feel, there becomes nothing you aren't willing to do. The worst that happens is a negative emotion. And when we learn how to feel them, how to allow them and how to process them through, we become incredibly fucking powerful and unstoppable. Learning how to positively reframe without falling into that toxic positivity can often be the difference between quitting and giving up or never starting. If you want to experience the difference that life coaching can make, then be sure to book in for a free call with me over on my website, xenajones.com consult. You literally have nothing to lose. All right, my friends, have a beautiful, amazing week. Huge love. Take care out there. I'll see you soon. Hey, I want to personally invite you to sign up for a free consultation call where we take everything you have learned here on the podcast and we apply it to your life. This is the work that will change everything. Sign up at xenajones.com slash consult and I'll see you there.